Welcome to In Focus, a discussion of current issues affecting our economy, featuring a review of the latest research and analysis from the Washington Research Council. Hello, I'm Chris Schoblum, Director of Research and Senior Economist uh, with the Washington Research Council. Uh, with me today is Emily Makings, uh, the Senior Research Analyst at the Council. Uh, and this is our In Focus podcast, uh, recorded on uh, August 24th, uh, Monday. Um, so, Emily, um, you um, uh, were interested in, um, the, uh, in, in the recent Supreme Court decision on the uh, $15 minimum wage in, uh, in SeaTac. Right. Last week, the state Supreme Court ruled in the case... Uh, as listeners remember, in 2013, uh, voters in the city of SeaTac approved a measure that uh, imp- that imposed a $15 minimum wage, paid sick leave benefits, and other um, employment policies on certain hospitality and airport workers in SeaTac, in, in the city of SeaTac. And there had been a court case going on since pretty much since then. In which uh, some Alaska Airlines, Washington Restaurant Association, and a couple of and Philo Foods and BF Foods had sued because they argued that the uh, voters in the city of SeaTac could not impose these employment policies on the airport because the airport is its own is governed by the Port of Seattle, not the city of SeaTac, is what they had argued. So it made its way up to the Supreme Court, and the court ruled five to four that the that the measure does imply uh, does apply to workers in the airport, and they uh, they came to this conclusion because they said that um, there's a there's a a law a revised airports act in state law that says that um, cities have um do not have there's some uh, some authority that cities are denied over airports but the the majority said that the they found that the statute only applied to airport operations and so and therefore this provision could um be applied to airport workers it kind of it was a it's an interesting um a decision to read, they kind of, uh, it's almost a circular way that they get to this conclusion. Um, the dissent notes that it kind of goes against the plain language of the, of the statute. Um, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't really say for sure, but the, there are no more appeals at this point. This, this was the Supreme court, so there's nothing else to be done at this point. Um, the only the question remaining though is whether or not this is retroactive because since the time that the proposition 1 went into effect the workers at the airport have not been paid at the $15 level so uh the opinion the decision didn't address the issue at all so that's kind of the open question there are um there were reports in the news that some people think, well, yes, it's retroactive, of course, and others um, don't agree. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. Yes. 
Um, and I suppose that, that some will be wondering what the import of this decision is uh, for another case where the, uh, a city is attempting to, uh, to regulate activities um, of the Port of Seattle, specifically the whole brouhaha about Sheldon ah, yes. on Harbor Island. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, because it really it does raise questions about whether this governing a separate governing body, the port, in the in these cases, whether they are the ultimate authority or whether the city is. Yes, and I don't know enough about what's going on there to know if there's some additional aspects of the case right. down on on the waterfront that make it uh, significantly different from what was happening out at the airport. Yeah, me neither. But we shall see. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Uh, so, so I was going to talk briefly about the um, um, state employment report that came out uh, last week. Uh, this is not the employment of state employees, but basically employment within the state of Washington. Um, we talk about this monthly. Um, the, um, the report um, came out and showed an um, estimate of uh, uh, 5,900 jobs uh, added um, in Washington State um, from uh, mid-June to mid-July. Um, the, uh, the estimate of, of job, of, of the gaining jobs for the preceding month um, was revised upward uh, to 7,700 jobs uh, um, from the gain of uh, 3,900 that was originally uh, reported. So, so on this aspect, it was a, uh, it was a good report. Uh, taking those two numbers together. Um, I often say that, uh, uh, caution, that uh, that uh, um, you shouldn't get overly excited about the monthly uh, job gains or losses that are announced uh, because um, there's an awful lot of noise in these first numbers that you see. They're based um, on, a, uh, on a survey of employers uh, it's the same survey that's used to get the national employment numbers. Uh, but once you get down to take that survey and, and, and restrict it to a, a, an individual state, um, there's a lot of sampling error in that. The, and, you're not, and once you actually um, get full counts of the number of jobs, as you do after a period of time from the unemployment insurance tax records, uh, you can see um, substantial revisions on the state level much less of a problem on the national level. Um, uh, this, this, this concern was punctuated this month because they've, uh, the state has gone back and done some benchmarking, that is the process where they, they take the, uh, the initial estimates and adjust them to the, uh, to the, uh, uh, the, survey, the uh, census of jobs that comes out of the unemployment insurance records. And, and that led to a reduction of 15,000 jobs to... Uh, to the previously announced total. Um, 15,000 at the federal level? Or no, the... at the state level. Oh, okay. 15,000 um, at the state level, uh, and this really applied uh, uh, to December of 2014. Uh, and that, that 15,000 to 2014 number carries forward um, uh, month by month from that point on. Um, so if you add that in, net we ended up with with fewer jobs in the state than we would have than we had expected um, um, going forward. Uh, but that, that's the nature of these statistics, um, yeah. and you need, need, need to 
recognize that the the numbers that are that show up that are headline in the headlines are just estimates and uh, and subject to revision. Uh, the unemploy the unemployment rate for the state is now estimated to be three point. Uh, five, excuse me, 5.3 percent. I was going to say that's, that's awfully a, low. That's, low. that's wonderful. Well, and, and, 5.3 is pretty low too. Yeah, and, and for the <laughs> and for the Seattle metro area, which is King and Snohomish counties, it is 3.7 ah, percent. Ah, very uh, low. Very low. Um, of course, one of the things that happens in the Seattle area is that there's a whole concentration of jobs in downtown mm. Seattle, um, and people who commute to those jobs from outside of the metro area. Um, and and the unemployment rates are calculated based on where people live, not where people are employed. Um, so that's why we really have um, a um, ten, what Seattle tends to have a, a reported very low reported unemployment rate. Um, you know, if you haven't got a job, you can't afford to live here. Uh, <laughs> to put it sort of bluntly. Anyway, um, this this is uh, Chris Shovlum, uh and I've been joined with Emily Makings, and uh, uh, this is our uh, In Focus podcast for the week. Uh, look forward to talking to you next week. In Focus is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. Your tax-deductible investment allows our work to continue. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.